0: 1 Samuel, chapter 16, verse 1. It says, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse with the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said, how can I go if Saul hear it? He will kill me. And the Lord said, take an heifer with thee and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. And call Jesse to the sacrifice. And I will show thee what thou shalt do. And thou shalt anoint unto me him whom I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Comest thou peaceably? And he said, Peaceably. I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass When they were come, that he looked on Eliab and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, let's pray, Lord, that you would give clarity of speech and of your word. That we would be motivated to live more for you, Lord to live with you, with all of serve you with all of our heart, all of our body, all of our mind, all of our strength, everything we have, that we will love you and seek you and also do love our neighbor as ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. And, um, and I ask you if you had a wonderful week this past week. Um, we had a wonderful week. Um, um, our children... That almost sounds bad. Our children was gone. Uh, (laughs) It was wonderful because they came back this last week, amen. (laughs) That's what I meant to say. um, We were able to get a lot done on the house and um, getting it touched up, painted. And um, our door that always looked like mold was growing on it, got it all um, nicely painted and sealed. So hopefully it will be able to withstand um, the weather better now. Um um on Sunday afternoon we got to go out to eat with Rick and Sarisa. Um Rick said, Hey, since you don't got the kids, hey, I could afford two a little better than seven, amen. And uh excuse you didn't say that. Maybe you said that to my wife or something, I don't know. But um and then in the evening um we got to go with Joe and Carrie Ann's house. Um also a new family that's been coming here and um we were there till past midnight and had a great time, just had a blast, and um, we're trying to have another family today, but they got um, wedding plans to go to, and um, so praise the Lord for that. Weddings are a wonderful thing to celebrate, amen. Um, we had a good week, and I hope you had a good week too at this last week, and that this week will be a good week. All right, well, let's get back into the Word, amen. Um, there is something, we're go, going for our series, Is It Really So?, and um, the topic for today is, does God care only about the heart? Is it just the heart that matters in the eyes of God? Um, the common teaching is, there is something that is com- um, something that's commonly said by the world, and also um, by many Christians. And um, what is often said is the truth, at least in part is the truth, but often ends up coming up with the wrong conclusion. The truth part of it is that God does look at the heart. I want to read on in verse 7. Um, it says, 1 Samuel 16, if you've closed your Bible. First Samuel 16, verse 7 says, verse 6 at first, it says, Why? It says Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Samuel sees Elijah. says, man... Surely this is the one the Lord is choosing um, to be king, to replace Saul. In verse 7, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither have the Lord chosen this. And Jesse made Shemma, another one of his sons, to pass by. And he said, Neither have the Lord chosen this. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord have not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keep of the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till we come hither. And he went and brought him in. Now he was ready, and withal all of a beautiful countenance, and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of the brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. So it is true, as we read in um, um, verse 7, that, that for the Lord seeth not as a man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Now, Eliab was refused. He was one that he was a man of war. He was a soldier. He was tall, big in stature. And remember, they're about to go against the Philistines, against Goliath and the others um, that were pretty enormous. And um, they considered them to be um, giants and stuff, um, being, being, being huge. But the Lord wasn't interested in just how someone looked on the outside. He was interested in what was in the heart. He was interested in who um, his choice was. But at first, Samuel looked at the, Eliab said, surely, this is the man. And then the Lord reveals to him, no, he is not the man. I have refused him. And he had all the sons of Jesse come before him. Hebrews 4.12 talks about the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword pierced and even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Go ahead and turn to Psalm 139. 139. But we see that God, the Word of God, is able to cut through and that it's a discerner of even our thoughts and the intentions of our heart. Now, even when people may give God lip service, God truly knows the heart. Psalm one thirty nine. Psalm one thirty nine in verse one says, "O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off." Thou compasses my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. So, Lord, he's acquainted with all our ways. He knows our thoughts that even from afar, off, God knows our thoughts. You know, that ought to be a fearful thing. You know, many times people will boast that, you know what, you can't judge me what I do or um, what I look like. You know what, only God could judge me. Yes. It's true, only God can judge you, but it's not something you really boast of that. You know what? God sees the wickedness that's often found in our heart. He sees our motives. He sees our thoughts. It's true that man often looks on the outward appearance. We see Samuel. Not trying to do wrong or have a wrong heart, but he saw Eliab and thought, Surely this man was the one that the Lord was anointing. But he wasn't as um, it, it, mankind. We don't have the ability to determine for certain what is going on the inside of someone's heart. So we naturally go by appearance. Sometimes we are right. Sometimes we are mistaken. We, um, but we naturally go by appearance. And um, someone's countenance and body language can sometimes demonstrate that. Um, What's inside someone's heart? A man gets home from work, he goes, Man! Why is the house a mess? Why are their dishes still dirty? Why is the living room so filthy? I think it would be fair to say that what's inside that man's heart is probably a root of anger. It's judging by his appearance, his body language. But I think it'd be fair to say that that's how a wife would feel if her husband came home. Um, hopefully, that's never happened in your home, right? You guys have perfect households, amen? And I praise the Lord for that, amen? So, <laughs> those kind of things maybe have all happened in some of our um, households or so. But a um, man looks on the outward appearance. That's what we have to judge. You know what? There are some times where things are sometimes mistaken, where... Um, maybe someone looks discouraged or depressed. When really, you know what? Maybe they're just tired. Uh, and so, some, it, it, it's not a perfect evaluation system. And, um, sometimes I get thirsty when I preach. Well, hopefully, that doesn't always mean the preaching is dry. Amen. Um, is anybody else thirsty? Anybody else thirsty? Anybody want to be a volunteer? You guys always seem suspicious. Well, Let's see. Let's let's see. Maybe we'll stir it up a little bit. Oh, this looks delicious. Man, isn't this a cute teacup? So beautiful that my wife didn't want me to use it. She said, hey, all you do is put it in the dishwasher. Anybody want drink? Oh, it's a clean clear cup. See how clear this glass is? Very clean on the outside. I made sure it was washed beforehand. And then there's water in here. And there's a few other things. What's it look like to you? You, you mud. want mud? You, you want to taste it, find out? You Sure. Okay. Things may be clean and clear on the outside, but the inside is not always as it appears to be. Sometimes it is. Here's a clean glass. Here's some clean water. Unless someone put poison in it before I start preaching. But that is as it appears to be. This one does not. You had a clean, clear teacup. You had a clear glass. It's clean on the outside. You should drink it. It's clean. But, but see, God looks at what's on the inside. And um, the truth part is that God does look at the heart. Um, That the heart is very important. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. That we're to safely to guard our heart, we're to protect our heart. Now, we're supposed to protect our heart in our relationships, to make sure our heart is only for our spouse and not for another man or another woman. Keeping our heart, loving um, loving our children, um, protecting our heart from temptation. We're to guard it. We're to keep it with all diligence. The heart is very important to God. But a misconception and thought pattern of sometimes carnal Christians um, or those who don't even know Christ is, since the heart is what is important, the outward appearance does not. Matter. That it doesn't matter how I dress, that it doesn't matter how I act outwardly, that it doesn't matter what I do or the places that I go or the people that I may strive to imitate. It's just my heart that matters, and you don't know my heart, so you can't judge me. This is where this teaching departs from Scripture. It is true that there are people who have a good heart, whose outward appearance may not meet our own personal standards that we may have. However, that does not mean we should have no regard for our outward appearance or what we do or for our testimony. Our outward appearance does, to an extent, matter to the Lord, but God's able to see deeper than that. He's able to see the heart. And God will deal with His children at different times, different stages of um, their growth as a Christian. And um, that's why He's given us His Holy Spirit. And that God is indeed our judge. In Christ, we are positionally sanctified. We are set apart. We are made pure. We are made clean positionally in Christ. We are secure in Christ. That no man can take us out of... Um, the Father's hand or the Son's hand, and we're sealed by the Spirit of God. No one or nothing could take away our salvation. We are eternally, positionally sanctified in Christ. But you know what? When you got saved, in this life, you were not made perfect. Okay, now your soul, your spirit is made perfect before God. We have Christ imputed Righteousness. But as long as we're in this flesh, we still struggle with sin. We still struggle with temptation. And so in this life, God's children will continually be progressively sanctified. Um, That we grow in grace. That we grow in our knowledge. And that God conforms us to the image of Christ. Go ahead and turn to James chapter 2. You now, if someone attends our church who um, doesn't look quite you would, how you would maybe expect someone to come to church. Maybe they come a little bit ragged and filthy. Maybe they're dressed a little bit immodest and inappropriate. Or they appear to be as one addicted to drugs. Whatever be the case, they should be received with acceptance by the church, even if you can't give your approval. Where you be accepted, even if you may not condone a lifestyle of drugs or or um, immodesty, um, immodest attire. Where you receive people, where to welcome people. We're not to be a respecter of persons, of the wealthy or the poor. James two verse one says, "My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons." For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that wear of the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts. We're not to be a respective person based on one's appearance. But this does not mean that God has no regard for our appearance. That God doesn't care about the things that we do or the places that we go as long as our heart is pure. Well, the scriptural context actually teaches us, okay, yes, God expects us to have a pure heart. Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And again, the Bible said, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. We must carefully guard our hearts. As it's impossible to be righteous on the outside and then hope that it makes the inside righteous. Typically, you do what you do on the outside because it's who you have become on the inside. You know, like drug addicts, often enough having a unique appearance of a deteriorating age. You know, if they come to church, receive them, welcome them. They're maybe seeking hope. They want freedom. Maybe they want Christ. They want out of the mess. But there is an appearance that oftentimes comes from it. The gothic lifestyle. People are getting all into um, everything black, darkness. A fascination with death. There's an appearance that comes with it. There's a lifestyle that they're in being. It's not that, oh, they have this scary appearance, but their heart is pure. No, they have that appearance because of what's going on in the inside. Sometimes they may be hurt. Maybe, 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 hurt. maybe they haven't, haven't really had parents that truly were there to love and care for them. Or perhaps there's been an influence of friends and a spirit of rebellion. The gangs, gang, gangs, gangster lifestyle. You know, you see things that they commonly have is in the parents. Maybe tattoos all over their body, um, their pants halfway down. I'm not going to demonstrate that. Everybody said amen. Violence, rebelling, that ends up being their lifestyle. You know, I'm sorry. You know there are many in here that have gotten tattoos. And you know what? Many of you didn't do it out of a spirit of rebellion. Maybe it was endearing to you or um, whatever may be the case. And you can't change the past. You've already got it done. No need to live in guilt of anything like that. I'm just trying to illustrate, though, that for a gangster lifestyle, there's usually an appearance that comes um, with it. And in that, in that instance, it reflects the heart. You know, it's a prostitute or um, someone that's just completely sexualized. They end up having a scandalous attire. Inappropriate. Immodest. That's on the outside often because that's what's on the inside. That's the lifestyle they want. Now, that may not always be the case. You know, sex trafficking is huge, bigger than any of us would really want to acknowledge. Many girls are hurting and don't want to be in that kind of situation. So again, we can't always look at the outward appearance. But oftentimes, the outward appearance does demonstrate what is on the inside. Well, many times, the carnal Christians will typically imply Um, That, you know, one could dress however they want. They could appear as radical as they want. They could mar their body, cut their body, and be as worldly as they please. After all, God looks at the heart, not the outward appearance. But there's a big problem with this type of concept. The Bible in 1 Samuel 16, this is the verse they always quote, is that the Lord seeeth not as man seeth. That he looks at the heart, not at the outward appearance. They use this to justify looking bad on the outside, but saying they have a good heart. But the Bible isn't talking about someone that looks bad on the outside, but has a good heart. The Bible is speaking of someone who looks good on the outside, but has a bad heart. First Samuel sixteen seven said, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Samuel thought Eliab again was who God was choosing because of how he looked, how he looked strong, built of a high stature. God corrected him for the year of thinking someone was good simply because of the outward appearance. Look good to Samuel. May look good to many of us. If you were choosing someone that was going to go to battle, you probably pick someone that looks strong. Not someone that maybe looked smaller or weaker. Eliab again was the man of war. He was in the army. David was tender and young and cared for the sheep. Which, and, um, which really was a manly job. Many times you want to take it, as, oh, that wasn't that much of a job. But you had to protect him from wolves, from bears, um, from lions. Had to protect the flock. So it still took a strong man. We see in chapter 17, Eliab accused David of having a prideful and naughty heart for saying that, you know what, I'm willing to go to battle. That, that, that this man, Goliath and the Philistines have defied the armies of the living and true God. And yet his brother says he has the impure heart. David says, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Now, David didn't look bad on the outside, but have a pure heart, as some would teach. The Bible actually even teaches, it says in 1 Samuel 16, 12, That David also had a beautiful countenance. And goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. So David had a good countenance himself too. But that was not the reason God was choosing him. It was his heart, his pure heart that he had. And while there are some that will teach that, you know what, the outside doesn't matter at all, as long as the heart is pure... It's not scriptural. It is scriptural that God does look at the heart. And God sees the heart when we may think the outside looks good. But God sees the heart when it's bad. God cares about both the outside and the inside. Many scriptures in principle relate to the importance of our outward appearance. I'm not talking about trying to look beautiful, trying to put makeup on or, or um, anything um, like that. Okay? But um, our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Go ahead and turn to First Corinthians 6. First Corinthians 6, in verse 18. It says, Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sineth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? What is in you? What ye have of God? And ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit. which are God's? Our body is the temple. Now, one may say, I have a pure heart. This is one I'm planning on marrying. We're committed to each other. We're just not married yet. But we're going to sleep together because we're committed. They may say they have a good heart, but that appearance is not good. It is not. The Bible says, "Flee fornication." Leviticus nineteen twenty-eight. God told the Jewish people, "You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you." I am the Lord. We see that God has given distinction that He created man and He created woman. And God wanted it to stay that way. God created man in His image, and He's made Eve and made woman in the image of man. And God's made a distinction of genders. We see the Bible. The Bible even speaks about a man's hair and a woman's um, hair. First Corinthians eleven fourteen says, Do not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him?" But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given her a covering. That's a physical appearance. God gave distinction in the genders. Now, you know what? Now, if a man comes in here with long hair, you welcome them, you receive them. You don't want to say anything about his hair. Okay? But you know what? It's people grow in the Lord. Many times the no even without even seeing this Bible verse, we'll oftentimes go, you know what? Maybe I should cut my hair. So, you now, man looks on the outward appearance, okay? God looks at the heart. A man may have long hair and have a pure heart before the Lord. They may be someone, they, may, they got saved, they're walking with God, and they may have a pure heart before the Lord. That's where we're not to focus or, um, and um, try to bring that as some kind of test to come and be part of this fellowship. No, God deals with his children and his timing and teaches them. And sometimes God will use us to teach. But you know what? The Spirit of God is a way better teacher than any of us are. Now, are we still supposed to teach the Word of God? Yes. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here right now teaching the Word of God. We are to teach it. But here we see God does care that you know what he wants a woman to look like a woman and a man to look like a man. We even see this goes to with our clothing in Deuteronomy twenty two five. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. God wanted a distinction even in our clothing. I think just about every single one of you in here would have a problem if I was preaching in a dress right now. You're laughing, but I think many of you would be gone if you had a feminine, a feminine pastor. God cares about our clothing. And yet he looks at our heart even deeper. We ought to rejoice in how God has made us. Not to attempt to blur the lines. Not to um, jump into this unisex movement. Not to become transgender and um, more homosexual. Um, um, We're to be how God has made us. You know, when we were at Joe and Carrie Ann's house... um, um, Carrie Ann said this about feminists. Feminists hate men, yet they spend all their life trying to be like a man. What kind of logic is that? See, so you know what? God's designed us the way He's designed us. And you know what? We ought to have that outward appearance that manifests us, um, that. God has made us distinctly male or female on purpose. Modesty, we see, is important in the Bible. First Timothy 2.9 And like manner also that women adorned themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. That talks about, and Peter talks about it too, that the focus isn't trying to dress all fashionable or with all this costly array. It's not saying it's wrong to wear gold or to wear silver. We see it samples of that scripture. or I mean, the bride of Christ compared um, to having jewelry. There's nothing wrong in those things, but that ought not to be our focus. We're to be modest in our apparel, and modesty has basically two notions. One, we're not just, we're not dressed and to try and get the attention. We're not trying um, to be flashy. Okay, now, is there, does that mean we need to wear old, drugged, ugly clothes? No, not at all, okay? In a way, that's grabbing attention too, okay? okay, We're not supposed to be like that, okay? And modesty also means, you know what? Covering up our nakedness. To be modest in our apparel. Okay, you know, okay, you know what? A young lady maybe wearing a miniskirt. You know what? God cares about modesty. Now, you know what? She could be someone that just got saved and doesn't completely know better. And she may have a pure heart. We, we, we can't look at the heart. But you know what? Many times it manifests that, you know, a woman maybe is very flirtatious or she's trying to draw attention to her body. It's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be modest. Men and women should be modest. God does care about our outward um, appearance. But he sees deeper. He sees the heart. You know, the outward appearance often reveals things about us. It sometimes demonstrates what our heart um, is um, like. Um, in Genesis 31, two, I was read it says, "And Jacob beheld the countenance of Laban, and behold, it was not toward him as before. His countenance changed. and he realized that his heart had changed as well. I skipped a page of my notes. That's why I did. I knew I was getting confused somewhere. Um, we see God instructs his people at times about his appearance. In Numbers 15, this particularly to Jewish people, he talks about how they do have fringes and blue ribbons to beater for them. to will see the prince heard about It's kind of like this orange. Hopefully I don't hurt myself. Okay. Take this out. When this gets squeezed, man, someone that's so much stronger, they would be able to get a lot more than me. But is that grape juice? No, it's orange juice. Why is that orange juice and not grape juice? Because that's what's on the inside. You know, some maybe will react, get upset, get angry. And they'll say, you know what, that's not really who I am. I was just under a lot of pressure. You know, that may not be how you normally are, but that anger came out because that's what was on the inside. So many times the outside, what comes out, our countenance, um, how we look, how we dress, identifies what we're like on the inside. It can display a spirit of rebellion. It can display that one is deeply hurt and bitter. It can display an attitude of joy. The outside appearance can also be a reflection. Exodus thirty four twenty nine says, And it came to pass... When Moses came down from the Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses' hand, when he came down from the Mount, that Moses wished not that his skin of his face shone while he talked with him. He went to meet with the Lord and just saw his backwards. He wasn't able to see God in all his glory, but he had a glimpse of it. And he came back with his face shining. Moses' face shone because he had been with God. Moses didn't know his face was shining. He was not putting on an act to impress people. It was the natural consequence of spending time with God. When Stephen was being stoned, or just before he was stoned, he was brought before the council and being condemned for preaching the name of Christ. It says in Acts 6.15... And all that sat in the council, looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. He had the countenance. His face appeared as an angel. He had spent time with the Lord. When we're in God's word. There's going to be an attitude. There's going to be something that comes out of us when that's on the inside of us. And my hand's a little bit sticky. (laughs) The outward things in our lives, the way we dress, the way we talk and behave can be a reflection of our relationship with God. If the inside is right, The outside will take care of itself. Man can look good on the outside, however, yet his heart be far from God. Let's turn to Matthew 23 and we'll wrap it up. Matthew 23. Matthew 23 and verse 25. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye may clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye are like unto white-witted sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within, full of dead men's bones, and of all uncleanness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. The Pharisees look good on the outside. They look righteous. Righteous. They had, they look like they had it all together. They were taken care of. They, they, they look good. They look clean on the outside. The outside of the cups they made clean. Sure you don't want it? It's clean on the outside though. It's not clean on the inside. Hell no, from, from the mouth of babes. They, they, they could figure it out. And many times, that's where we err in our judgment. Because we do oftentimes look on the outward appearance. And we think they have it all together. When in reality, they don't. And God indeed looks at the heart. Go ahead and turn to Matthew 7. You now a man could also play religion. They're religious. The Pharisees were very religious. They, they bragged about the commandments that they obey. They loved the praise of men. You know, there could be many in here. You're religious, coming to church. But you don't know Christ. You don't know the Lord. Your heart has not yet been made cleansed by the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Matthew 7 in verse 25. No, not 25, in verse um, 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father was is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. Have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. These people were religious. Apparently, they were people people that would be involved in the church. They prophesied even in the name of Christ. They did miracles. They did many mighty and wonderful good deeds. They were clean on the outside. But the heart was still missing. Jesus said, only he that does the will of the, of the will of the Father will we see in his kingdom. And he said that his will was that they would believe on him whom he had sent. Now, again, baptized is not going to save anybody. Getting baptized does not wash away sins. It does not wash away the filth of the flesh. Now, it may, it may the physical dirt, it may wash that off. But it cannot make the heart clean. You know what? Just because you pray doesn't make your heart clean. The only way to have a clean heart is to come to Jesus Christ in faith. Surrendering your all. Lord, I believe you've died for me. You were buried and that you rose again. And asking the Lord for forgiveness of your sin. Trusting Him by faith. It's only the blood of Jesus Christ that washes our heart clean. We can be religious all we want on the outside, but our heart could be far from Him. Jesus talked about the Pharisees, about they give lip service, that they're nigh to Him with their words, but their heart was far from Him. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, may today be the day That you come to Him for salvation. We'll show you from the Word of God how you can know for sure. That way you're not depending on just being religious. That you're not depending on maybe being baptized in the past. But that your dependence is upon Jesus Christ alone. A you go ahead and get ready to play the organ. It's the heart that matters the most to God. We could be clean on the outside. We could look good on the outside. But it's not going to bring us salvation. We must come to the Lord with the heart. Give our heart to the Lord. Believe in Him. Trust in Him. If you're a Christian already, you know Christ. No, we ought not to have the attitude of, you know, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to dress how I want. I'm going to do whatever I want. Because it doesn't matter. You can't judge me. God only looks at the heart. Because in reality, many times, the outside reveals what's inside of our heart. Also, how about this one? You want to drink this water? You want to drink it? It's not dirty on the inside. Yeah, but you're not going to drink that anyways, are you? You're not going to drink this part. You're going to drink the inside. So it's clean, right? You still don't want it? I didn't think so. And so Christians shouldn't brag about looking like the world on the outside. Even if their hearts peer or they think it is. We should strive to not be like this where we look good on the outside but are filthy inside. But neither should we try to live like the world, do the things of the world and continue in our sin because, oh, we're saved and we have a clean heart. No, as a Christian, we ought to have a pure heart and look pure on the outside. We want to be pure on the inside and the heart because, yes, that's what God sees foremost. You know what? Man does look on the outward appearance. And may we do our best on the outside, the things we do, the places we go, how we dress, what we do to our body to be clean on the outside that we may be able to draw men to the Lord. Go ahead and play the organ as we have the invitation. Let's go ahead and stand for a time of invitation, and you come to the altar if you like, and come spend some time in prayer. Or maybe if there's someone, you know, maybe you've been working on having to clean on the outside. You've been trying to impress others. Maybe you've been playing a part of religion, but you don't have that relationship with Christ. Come. I'll take you to a room and we'll show you from where God more clearly how you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And your heart may be pure on the inside. The outside God will take care of when we yield it to Him. You know, I read about a little girl. who She was helping her mom do the dishes. And all she was doing was cleaning the inside of the dishes. Her mom saw that. And said, honey, what, what are you doing? You're only cleaning the inside of dishes. And, and the girl said, well, preacher said it's better to be clean on the inside than the outside. mother told her, that. yes, it's the inside that matters most. But it's a Christian let your testimony shine on the outside. Let let them people see your good works. I'm not talking about dressing up or anything like that, okay? But how we dress is important. Are we modest? Our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Are we yielding it to Him? Must be a clean Christian on the inside and the outside and spend some time in prayer asking the Lord to search your heart to know you to to purify you confess your sin before him maybe you're kind of like the one that bursts out in anger It's because that's what's on the inside that may not be what you're like all the time but that's why you're at that time You know, when we're under pressure, it usually reveals who we really are. Just like when we put pressure on the orange, orange juice comes out, not grape juice. Maybe there's things in our life, how we treat our spouse needs to change. Maybe how we treat our children. Maybe how we treat our elders. Maybe how we react when we're under pressure at work.